City Talk 105.9 Breakfast with Mick Coyle. Peter Serafinowitz, welcome hey. to City Talk 105.9. Wonderful to have you with us. Oh, great. Uh, it's great to be back in Liverpool. <laughs> Famous great. son of the city. Uh, yeah. I've been keen to get you on for a good long while because I think your career is is absolutely fascinating and you're, you're up to something, uh, I'm being honest there when I say that by the way, and you're up to something uh, which is sort of next gen, if you like, in terms of, of the media and I think that for a lot of people listening to this, they'll be uh, inspired by uh, what you've achieved in terms of your career and uh, the sort of things that you've been up to. Just for people who don't know, um, you've been in Spaced, I'm Alan Partridge, 15 stories high, Look Around You, which is one of the best TV shows I think I've ever seen, oh, South thanks. Park, uh, The IT Crowd, You Are Driver Dan. There'll be parents <laughs> yes. listening to this thinking, ah. Uh, then in terms of film, Shaun of the Dead, The World's End, uh, The New Guardians of the Galaxy, a movie you're the last voice of the uh, new trailer. Um, yeah. You were the voice of uh, Darth Maul on The Phantom Menace. Uh, you're the author of A Billion Jokes, and you've been in video games as well. Uh, you are an inspiration to, I think, uh, young creative people here on Merseyside because oh. there are a thousand and one things they can do. Yeah, that's right. And you know what? Uh, especially especially now when everybody has a computer, uh, you know, you can do so much That stuff that when I was starting out in Liverpool... Um, with my, I had a four track recorder and, um, you know, when I was like 16 and I remember sending a demo tape off to, um, to radio four, uh, but you know, that, and that sort of started me off really. I actually did, uh, I think my first proper paid gig was for radio city, uh, when I was 16, where I did two voiceovers, uh, two commercials, I got paid about, <laughs> I think it was about 20 pounds, something like that. That is still the going rate. <laughs> um, can you remember what the companies were or what the adverts were for? Do you know what? I don't, but I remember the producer, the producers were Phil Bowker, who now, uh, he, he, who's a scouser, who is, he's had a great career and which now he is the creator of Phone Shop on Channel 4. You know, that's a right, Phone yeah, Shop, no, yeah. yeah. So he's the, he writes, produces that. I think he directs it as well. But anyway, he's he's done really well for himself and we're still big mates, you know, from, from meeting then. Uh, there's another guy called Leo Cobbin. I don't know whether you ever... Leo Cobbin now makes uh, video games and video I game know, yeah. apps as well. Yeah, yeah he, he still makes... works in the city as well. Worked yeah. with, uh, with Sony for, for with many Sony, years. yeah, he did, yeah. Peter, I was, I was really keen to ask you, and I, I mentioned there, you know, your, your incredible uh, career that you've had in, in film and t- TV and video games now mm-hmm. uh, as well. There's a lot of sort of young people, particularly in the city of Liverpool, that are hearing a lot of things in the news about sort of their options in life. They're also sort of being pulled in different directions in regard to the expectation that society has on them. And I just wonder whether or not in this sort of sometimes quite vacuous celebrity world, there's great examples out there in this city and from the city like yourself that can show that there are great careers that you can carve out for yourself. And it might not be glitz and glamour all the time, but if you put the hard work in, the rewards are there for you and you can have an incredible career. Well, you know, I just just uh, thinking about when I started out, I remember... Buying, I was in a band when I was like 16 and we, between us, bought a four-track tape recorder from Moran Sound uh, Musical Instruments in Gattaca Village, which I was 
extremely pleased to see is still going strong. I was I was back in Liverpool like about a month ago, and um, I remember I bought out the other when the band split up. Uh, we were called the Hippie Trousers. We split up, and you probably read about it in all the music papers. We, uh, I, I bought this thing. You know, it was probably about a hundred quid or something, and uh, you know, which is a huge amount of money for me then. Um, and and I made this little demo tape that was a sort of, uh, it was like a little five minute sitcom with me doing all the different characters and stuff. I sent it off to the BBC. Luckily, uh, someone heard it and offered me a, a, a one job uh, on on a radio show and you know that was it I sort of thought okay well this is what I'm going to do with my life you know I, I, and then uh, sort of fast forward in like 10 years later there's a point to all this by the way that fast forward in like 10 years later or whatever uh, I did this show Look Around You with uh, Robert Popper and we made this uh, we, we we made it for no money. I think we made it for like £3,000, you know, which sounds like a lot of money, and it is a lot of money, but in terms of making a TV show, it's like, you know, it's it's nothing. I mean, everybody worked for free, and that money, most of it went on insurance. So if anybody broke their leg on, on set, we would be covered. Otherwise, we would actually probably still be paying for it now, you know. So uh, we shot this 20-minute uh, pilot episode with a view to uh, wanting to do a television series. And what we, what we did after that, uh, once, once we'd made it, we then copied this show onto uh, about 100 different VHS video cassettes and mailed them off to people. And this is like, I'm talking, this is like 1999. So, you know, in the sort of modern era, you know, it's like the sort of cusp of the modern era. You know, people have mobile phones and uh, that's how we had to get the word out about our show. We had to, these huge video cassettes, we had to put them, actually, these massive hunks of plastic, send them to people physically people had to carry these sacks of objects to people who would then they'd have this object land on their desk and then they'd have to put it in a video machine and watch it you know the chances of all those things happening and then and then you know then they might not even like it you know but even to get them to watch it there was such a kind of tiny chance and so much effort involved and then now, you know, it's 2014 and everyone has a computer, you know, and people's computers are, are so powerful now. Even people's phones, you know, with a little bit of know-how and a bit of, a bit of effort, you can make something. And I mentioned that you're sort of the next generation now. You're, you're, you're uh, voiceovering once again, this time on, on Dark Souls 2. I'm a big games fan and I've played games for years and years and years. And, you know, I remember as a kid, you know, my early kind of gaming life was split between coming into town, going to like, uh, there was a shop called Bug Bite right by, by um, Liverpool Central Station 
in there, but there was a shop called Bug Bite, right. and there was another one on um, on Lime Street. Yeah, there was there was a, there was another video game shop there. There was sort of uh, rivals, you know. And um, I remember, you know, spending uh, practically every Saturday in 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 those two places, you know, figuring out what to spend my you know, six pounds that I'd saved up on, you know. Um, and, um, you know, now that I'm an adult, I can buy whatever games I want. <laughs> and now you're, now you're in the game. And now I'm in the game, yeah. So I feel like, you know, I'm in this game that is, that. Is, so, you know, with my, my sort of campaign of pestering paid off. And I, I said, look, I'd love to be a, a bit in this game. And I play a character in this game. And it's not like this game is not like one of those Grand Theft Autos where it's like a huge epic, you know, film kind of thing with loads of different characters and blah, blah, blah. It's it's not that at all. It's it's like you, you, you have... Uh, there are probably only like 20 characters that speak in the entire game and they're sort of really quite spaced out and I play one of those. So my, my involvement is minor, but, you know, I, the fact that I'm involved with it is is such an honour for me. In my years and years and years, I'm 41 now and I've been playing video games since I was a kid, since I was playing, like, I remember my uncle taking me to there was a video arcade which actually weirdly i was in liverpool just recently and i think is still there that's up by tj's um there was a video arcade there that had one of the original space war machines which was i think possibly the first ever arcade machine uh, cabinet and um I remember him showing me that, which is like the most as basic as you can get and just being fascinated with that. And, you know, I've played them ever since. And, you know, I've 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 had less and less and less opportunity to play them as I've grown older. But but this game, Dark Souls 2, is like, oh, wow. Peter, sorry for notes. Thank you for your time. All right. Thank you. It was really nice talking to you. And, um, you know, say hello to Liverpool from me.